Recorded live. All right. Well, that is a blessing. Thank you, God. Um, you know what? <laughs> it, it, it's not written this exact way in the Bible where it says uh, he may not come when you want him, but he's always right on time. It's not written that way. But we love that phrase. I know I love it. And um, it is so true. Um, God is just so timely. And even when it appears that God is not on time, you better bet you, you would rather be on God's timing than what we um, conceive in our minds as being right on time. You 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 really got to get uh, accustomed to that to a point where you say, you know what, uh, I'd rather be on God's time frame than on my own time frame. Let's get started with... Um, prayer and we just thank the Lord. We bless his name. He is such an awesome God. Day by day, I don't know about you, but I'm getting closer and closer to him. God is revealing himself in some awesome, awesome ways. And I'm just thanking him for the privilege of being his child, thanking him that uh, by the death of Jesus Christ on the cross, it gave me the opportunity and, and others um, who are considered as Gentiles outside of the royal family, the Jews, those chosen ones. But God gave us this awesome, awesome ability to be engrafted into his family that we can call him our father. So we bless his name tonight as being such an awesome God, and we pray that he will have his way on this call, that our understanding, listen, that our understanding will be opened and that we will again experience the power of the Holy Spirit as the teacher and that we will learn how to get closer to him and that we will have the confidence in him that all our needs are met. Everything we need, everything we desire, listen, is wrapped up in him. Father, have your way on this call in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen. So tonight we're again looking at the Lord's Prayer. I'm, I'm just enjoying myself in Matthew chapter 6. In Matthew chapter 6, and I think, yeah, I can flip because I made a note. In Matthew chapter 6, it is such a powerful, powerful lesson that Jesus taught us. It goes under the radar on a whole lot of folks. They really don't pick up what's, what in the world is going on right here. But he says, after this manner, therefore, pray ye our Father. We, we just talked about that, how powerful it is to know that God is your Father. However, sometimes we pick him up as an earthly father. We really look at God as an earthly father. So, And, and when you have an earthly father, there are some things that are not going to be met by your earthly father. But you've got to pick him up as your heavenly father. Father, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. This ain't just no regular Father. This is a Father that is in heaven, and he is holy. He is sacred. He is all of that in a bag of chips. Then watch this. It says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth. God, let your will be done in me. Let your will be done in this earth. Let your will be done just as you're doing in heaven right now. He's reigning. I don't know if you know it, but he's reigning supreme in heaven. Father reigns supreme here on earth. What he says goes in heaven. It is, listen, there's no discussion. There's no dispute. You you mess around and, and, and step out of line in heaven if you want to, you're going to get kicked out. They said, and I saw that, that, that falling down from heaven like lightning. That was Lucifer, falling down from heaven like lightning. He messed around and stepped the line in heaven. So as it is here on earth, let it be just like it is in heaven. Then it says, in earth as it is in heaven, says, give us this, this is where we're going tonight, give us this day our daily bread. We're going to look at this from the daily bread. Now, again, it flies under the radar because if you don't study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, let me tell you something. This thing right here will slip under the radar on you. You will not see it. You, and, 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 and just for those folks who, who, who are not familiar with the phrase slipping under the radar. See, when, you, when you've got the radar out there and you're looking for a ship, a battleship, and it is a um, defensive or um, uh, uh, enemy, that's a better term, an enemy ship, you're looking for enemy aircrafts, and you have your radar out there. Well, again, the radar goes, but so it has a range. So it goes, but so high and but so low. 
what, what, what the enemy wants to do is to come in under where your radar, good God Almighty, under where your radar range is. So if you've got it, and, and, and let's say it's 500 feet above the ground, or maybe even a thousand, twelve hundred feet above the ground and higher, because they know ain't no plane going to be flying down there, so it's not going to be that low. If it's in the sea, it goes but so depth. It has those different depths of the sea. It has but so deep that the radar goes, and then it stops. Well, the submarine is going to come in under, going real, real low, so it's going to go beneath the radar. The radar doesn't pick it up. See, when we're reading the Word of God, what happens is God talks in a way that's, thank you, Jesus, that's spiritual. The reason, listen, you say, well, I don't understand that. You know why? Because you're not in the Spirit. You've got to get in the Spirit to get this. You're not going to get it in the natural. You're not going to get it in your flesh. Your mind is not going to comprehend it. There's a war going on in your head between the flesh and the spirit. And the spirit, listen, the spirit is going to have to identify with the spirit of God. You're going to have to really hear from God. Well, you're not going to do that in a superficial way. You're not going to do that just kind of casually reading and saying, uh, I wonder what this means. Oh, okay. Let me use my experience. Let me look at this thing from the standpoint of what I've been through. Matter of fact, let me, let me uh, understand this from the point of what Pastor is saying. You know, Pastor broke it down this way. Let me tell you something. When God sees that you're looking at his word in a very superficial way, when you have no reverence, see, this is why I believe that the, the saints of old had such a powerful time and a powerful move of God. Why? Because of the reverence that they had for God. The respect that they had for God, the love that they had for God, and even though they didn't dot every I and cross every T, let me tell you something. Even though some of their understanding was was kind of twisted and they did not understand the Greek and the Hebrew to the level in which we understand it now, let me tell you something. They did have a love and a respect for God. So God broke things down to them within their ignorance. Good God Almighty, I hope you hear me tonight. In their ignorance, he broke things down to them that some folks can't get right now. Why? Because you don't reverence God. You don't really love him. You don't respect him to the point where they respected him. That's why they, 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 they build in colleges and pulling money out from under mattresses and having it in jars and things of that nature. And here it is, we get an entrance and interest and we've got these big highfalutin jobs and titles and GS this and GS that GS teen come on now GS teen 13 and 15 GS 19 I don't even know if there is a GS 19 but let me tell you something with all that we have now available to us with all the uh, intelligence that we have with all the the in watch this investment capabilities that we have and they built the colleges and we can't sustain the colleges. Yes, there's a lot going on. But when you trust God, when you have this reverence for God, when you understand that, you know what, this ain't got nothing to do with me. This has everything to do with God. Then guess what? The word of God starts being more, more um, apparent to you. So what we've got to do is that we've got to look at this, and the way he broke it down, I don't know where the text is, but the text says that. He says, I give it to you. Because of who you are. Them, I, they, I, write in, I write these things in parables. Why? Because it's not for them to understand. It's not for them to get it. So when we read things like this, um, this text, where it's, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. In earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. We're not taking it just as bread. you got to understand, this is the, out of... When he says, give us this day our daily bread, this is the fourth out of seven petitions when it pertains to the law. So when, when, when you open up, you say, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Then number four, it says, give us this day our daily bread. These are petitions. And when you, when you have a petition, listen, I don't care what everybody, and this is what messes a lot of folks up. They're they looking at what somebody else did. 
they're looking at, and it has such a bearing on them that they cannot wrap their mind around it changing. If God said do it this way, if you're going to, your your prayer ought to be structured. It says it doesn't. this doesn't necessarily have to be your prayer. And I'm praying this prayer every day. I pray it sometimes three and four times a day, five and six times a day. This, I mean, I'm talking exactly this prayer. Why? Because it means more to me in my spirit, man, than just reading these words. When I read our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Listen, that hallowed be thy name, and particularly in that part, and particularly, matter of fact, when it goes to our Father, it has so much more meaning than just reading that word. So there's a reverence there. When we get to the point where we say, give us this day our daily bread, Jesus said that what we ask for, we will receive. As long as we follow, watch this, God's will. This is what, when you start to read the prayer and when you start to interpret the prayer, watch this, and then when you activate, this is what happens in your spirit, man. When you understand that what happened in Genesis, that God made us in his image and that God is that kind of God that speaks into nothing and things come to pass, then when you start to know that I'm made in his image and you start to speak these things, to not only speak them but to activate them in your spirit, man, then you're going to find out that what you say comes to pass. No, it may not happen instantaneously, but it's going to come to pass. Because God made you that kind of being. Now, when you can't wrap your mind around it, yes, you're going to say, you got folks that, you know, I could open the phone line and you ask them, well, how many times did you pray for this and it didn't come to pass? And you prayed for that and it didn't come to pass. Why? Because you said words, but it was not activated in your spirit, man. And when you activate it in your spirit, man, you cannot vacillate back and forth. When you activate it in your spirit, man, then you've got to have the word of God active in your life where the Bible talks about uh, uh, being tossed to and fro by every wind and doctrine, things that come to your mind and pull you away from your faith, things that come to your mind and have you topsy-turvy in the way that you're activating the spirit of God in your life. When you know you got God in you, let me tell you something, and you say things like, give us this day our daily bread, you're not thinking about uh, wonder bread. You're not thinking about that that good old uh, um, uh, cheese bread. I think it's cheese bread that they got at the Red Lobster. You're not talking about those stick bread that they got at the Olive Garden. You're not. That's not the bread that you have in your mind. When you start to look at this thing, then you start to look at it from the standpoint that when I'm talking to God, I'm believing that his will is going to be done in my life. I have an understanding for him. And, in fact, everything we have received in our lives, it comes from, whether it's good or bad, that we have asked and received somewhere in our life this thought that 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 matured into words, good God Almighty. This thought that came to mind that you allowed to come out of your mouth. See, some folks are not careful with words. When you really understand who you are, you become more careful with words. I I, I try to introduce the folks all the time. Be careful using the word but. Why? Because when you use the word but, you just wiped out everything you just said. You say, well, you know what? Uh, um, I want to move. Because um, I don't know if this is the greatest example, but I'm going to try it. it. You say, I want to move because this house, this house is deteriorating. But no, no, no. If it's deteriorating, it's deteriorating. You can't but because when you say but, then you wipe out that it's deteriorating. You say, this house is deteriorating. I'm having issues with this area and issues with this area. Matter of fact, I was up on the roof today another issue it started to leak in on me god allowed me to uh put a camera in an area that was very difficult to see and i could literally see where the water was coming in so i was able to get up on the roof and to go purchase what i needed and to to remedy that again very small compared to what it was very small so i want to eliminate it totally so if i'm talking about the house deteriorating and i say but listen when you say but you wipe that out what i'm saying and the reason i'm going into this particular area is because i'm very careful with what i say 
So when I say but, no, there's no buts in this situation. The house is deteriorating in different areas. It was built years ago. It has served its purpose. I'm ready to move on. I put that out in the atmosphere. I put that into my spirit, man. I activate that, and I'm looking for it, and I'm looking for God's hand to be in the decision-making process as I move from this home to that home, as the family moves from this home to that home, whatever home that is, it's going to be exceeding abundantly above all that I could ask or think. Why? Because that's what I'm activating in my spirit, man, and there's no buts about it. So I'm not eliminating that fact. I'm going, watch this, with that fact and... I'm going with that fact and then statement. Why? Because I'm careful how I speak. I don't say things like, that makes me sick. This gets on my nerves. That makes me mad. That aggravates me. That's not in my vocabulary. Those phrases are not in my in my. In my statements, why? Because what I say, this is how important, this is to me. I'm, I'm, I'm just letting y'all, you know, take a a, 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 a a little sneak peek. Thank you, Holy Spirit. A little sneak peek in the way I am, and then prayerfully you can get to where I am in your spirit, man, and then God can start showing you some awesome things like he does with me. So what you say and what you think, what, what, what we're going through as we look at this text, as we look at what Jesus said do, he's giving us some secrets. He's letting this thing, he's letting us not slip under the radar, but being caught by our radar. And we're reading, see, when, when you see that plane on your radar, you know exactly where it's at. You know exactly how fast it's flying or how deep it is in the water. You know how fast it's moving in the water. You know how fast it's flying in the air. And then once it's in the radar, guess what? You can put your missile on it. You can drop your bomb on it. You can send your planes after it because you know exactly what's going on. This is what God does with the whole power of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. He lets us know exactly what's going on. Why? By the power of the Spirit. That's the radar. That's the radar. So when we start to look at it, whether it's bad or good, we had asked for it and now receive it through our thoughts and behaviors. It sounds a little bit like the power of intention. It's the power of the spirit. See, this is what we do. Folks may call it intention in the world, but we call it the power of the spirit. When you know you got the Holy Ghost. With this statement, we are asking God to see to our daily, watch this. When he say our daily bread, he, we're saying, God, see to our that our daily needs are met. Today, we're gonna get into that a little bit. Today, that our daily, when we say our, see, if you just say and give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts, when you start to just do things for the sake of just saying words, because you memorize it, then it has no power. But when you start to to know that when I say my daily bread, that's a representation of my needs. This is why I'm saying we can have confidence when we say, Father, let your will be done. Because you know the kind of God you serve. You know that you ain't, you ain't serving a God. Listen, I, I didn't look it up. It's been on my mind as I was studying this part. I wanted to go there. I don't even know exactly the, the text, but you can look it up. You know it's true. When God told David... Um, after he had slept with Bathsheba, that I gave you uh, uh, the king's house. I gave you the queens, his, his wives. I gave you the, the kingdom. And if that wasn't enough for you, I would have given you such and such things. Listen, that's the kind of God we serve. We are, I hope you get it, we are kings and queens in God's eyes. Jesus, if you, if Christ is the king, he's the prince, the king, however you want to say it, in different contexts, uh, it states it different ways. If, if you know that he is your brother and he's royal, he's royalty, then guess what? You are royalty. And if God is our father, the inheritance that Christ has is on us. The Abrahamic 
of blessings in Deuteronomy 28 is your blessing. God has an obligation to take care of me. And, watch this, by the way we think at times, we call God a, 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 a absentee father. A no good, what, what kind of father do they call that? Um, what kind of father is it? Um, it'll come to me. The, we don't want to get in a position where we call in God as if God is a dead go, dead be dad. You're saying God is a deadbeat dad? He, you're trying to tell me that you're a child? He said, when you come to me, oh, my God. Thank you, Holy Ghost. He said, when you come to me, come to me like a child. Come to me like little children. Come to me ignorant, like you don't know nothing. Come to me in that mindset where you're asking God, what, Dad, what are we going to do today? Dad, what's for dinner? Dad, how are we going to handle this? Come to me as a child. Don't come to me uh, 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 talking out, out the side of your neck as if you know what, how to handle this situation. You don't know what I'm doing with you in this situation. You don't know how I'm developing you. You don't know. You don't understand what I'm doing with the weather. You don't know that I'm preparing the earth for these last days and with the weather changing the way it is. And here you are bad in the weather. Here you are going along with everybody else instead of giving me props and, and saying in my word, in, in the Bible, this is what it says is going to come to pass. And that's why I trust the word of God so much. Instead, you going with everybody else talking about how, watch this, how crazy the weather is. You're looking at an artist, oh my God, you're looking at an artist and looking at his painting, and it's an abstract painting that, that, that art, art fanatics, they know that this, this particular painter has painted wonderful paintings, and this painting right here is going for about $1.2 million, and here you go and calling it, oh, that's some crazy stuff right there, because you don't know art. This is an oil painting, and this painting is going for $2 million. You don't know oil painting. You say, man, that looks like a mess right there because you don't know. So you don't understand what God is doing in this earth's atmosphere in these last days, that prophecy might be fulfilled, that the word of God might be, again, apparent to those who are in ignorance, who are still walking in darkness in these last days. Here it is. You don't know that. So you talking like everybody else talking, talking about, look at the craziness of this weather. That's what I'm saying. You've got to, when you really know who you are in God, when you really know what God has put in you, then you, listen, when you say things like give us this day our daily bread, it has so much more meaning. So when you say, look at the crazy weather we have it, God knows that you're talking in ignorance. God knows that you're not activating the power of the Holy Spirit in you, that you're acting like everybody else, that you don't know the power of that will be done. In earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. You're asking that your daily, help me Holy Ghost, that your daily needs be met. We are focusing not on getting everything we desire, which some people love to do, but rather that we have everything we need. I'm telling you, it'll put a smile on your face. Let me tell you something. Your body is going to have to respond to the joy that's in your heart when you realize everything I need, God is providing. Even to the point where I had to, oh, bless his name. <laughs> oh, bless his name. Listen, even to the point where going up on the roof, getting the ladder out, going up, going to the store, buying what I needed. Thank God for the money being in there. See, he's showing you that not only do, do, do I provide for you, but I'm going to give you the wisdom. It's going to come a day I'm not going to have to ever go up on the roof again. It's going to come a day that nothing's going wrong in the house. And if something does go wrong in the house, there's coming a day. Even if I say it and I speak it with everything that's in me and that day never materializes on earth, guess what? I know that the God I serve said, son, I need you to stay in a position where you work on your house, even the new house. If that's what he says, then 
listen, my confidence is he, he vo- what they do in politics, they have to veto. <laughs> they put a bill out there or they put a, 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 try to put a law in place, and then the president or some other high official vetoes. Uh-uh, you can't, you can't do that. I veto that bill. I veto that law. Well, well, if God vetoes what I'm saying with everything that's within me, he says, no, son, you got to stay here, or you got to move there, or you've got to work, then guess what? My comf- This is what gives me joy. This is what gives me strength in the spirit, man, that I know with confidence that if it was better for me, then God would give it. And my confidence, my joy is that where where God has me is where I need to be. That's why I say that will be done. That's why I pray. I can pray a powerful prayer. I can pray that you get healed. I can pray that your mindset changes towards this thing or that thing. I can pray that gets, uh, that is activated in your life the wisdom that you need to open up that business. I can pray that the, that 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 every uh, utility that you have in your home operate for the time that you are there. As a matter of fact, we got a house to pray for. Some folks been calling us and saying, "Hey, we want you to come over and bless the house." I can pray that every demon leaves the house in the name of Jesus, that every crack and every crevice of the house is filled with the Spirit of God, and that the Spirit of God actually rests upon that house, and just like the Shekinah glory that was in the temple of God would rest in that house where uh, no demon would be able to exist in that place. And guess what? The day that I leave, good God Almighty, the day that I leave, children start acting up. The marriage goes into a challenge and things of that nature. And you say, well, didn't they pray for the house? Yes, I did. However, at the conclusion of that prayer, I say, Father, in the name of Jesus, good God Almighty, let thy will in this home be done. Well, son, a lot of the stuff you just prayed for, I'm getting ready to reverse it. Because in order for me to bring this marriage together to, to the to the to the level that they're asking, they need to experience some challenges. Children, uh, matter of fact, one of the children is going to go on drugs starting in two weeks. Uh, one of the other children uh, is going to start lying, and they're going to have a lying spell for five years. They're coming off of it, but in order for me to bring this marriage and to bring this family to the place of trusting in me the way they 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 desire, then they're going to have to go through some challenges. And here I am, Father, in the name of Jesus, let no child, let no lie and lips come from the child. And God moves back, watch this, he moves back his hand like he did with Job, and he allows these challenges to come into the light. And if anybody, you know, I could open that line up and let them see, uh, testify, and they say, you know something, I wouldn't be as close to the Lord as I am today if I hadn't gone as low as I did. If I hadn't learned to call on him in the midnight hour when things were going so bad, and I found out that the God I serve, when I call him, good God Almighty, he answers. And that's why we say, that will be done. If it goes against what I just prayed, God, let it go against it because you know better than me. We fo- Watch this. We focus on this day only and let go of the struggle of the past and trust that God has tomorrow managed. Let me tell you something. You're talking about something that beats folks up? I'm talking beats them up yesterday. Good God Almighty. I'm telling you, if I open this phone line and I could just take one person, I could take two person, they, yesterday, and it's not, watch this, there is nothing you can do about it. I don't care if, watch this, you, you got some folks that, that um, um, let's just say they've been cleaning drugs 12 years, and then they have a relapse. Now, they've been clean for 12 years, they smoke some weed for one day, and then they they uh, have two days clean. So they go back to saying, I only got two days clean. And then they beat themselves up because they was clean for 12 years. Good God, I hope I'm helping somebody. And then they took one smoke. And then they beat themselves up and go back into smoking again. Why? Because I was clean for 12 years. I took a smoke and I let yesterday beat up my today. 
in my tomorrow, in my next week, in my next month. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I took one drink. I slept. No, no, I'm not saying, I'm not encouraging you that if you, oh, okay, well, you can make it a habit because you still got 12 years. No, I'm not saying that. What I am saying that if you do slip, thank you, Holy Ghost. If you slip and make a mistake, don't let your mistake beat your tomorrow up. Don't let your mistake beat your today up. You can't think straight. Why? Because you're so busy thinking about yesterday. Okay, I'm I'm, 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 going to move on. If it ain't yesterday that's beating us up, it's worrying about tomorrow. It's worrying about tomorrow, a day that has never come, a day that you don't even know if it's going to come. When we read the prayer, when you read it, when you recite it, when you know it, thank you, God, when you activate it, then you know that I say, give us this day our daily bread. Why? Because today is all I can handle. Bread, watch this, bread was a powerful symbol of God's provision for his people in the Old Testament. You remember in Exodus chapter 16 where it talked about rain down bread from heaven. This is what he was going to do. He's going to rain down. See, this was an image, and, and, and this is why I say, I know, folks, they, they, it's just too much time being in church, getting to church at 945 and not leaving until 1. I can't stay in church that long. But, again, some of the stuff that you're going through, if you would get into studying the Bible, not just listening to somebody preach, um, and but I'm talking studying. If you would get on the Bible study call and, and just spend an hour, good God Almighty, I think if, when we first was doing it, it was like an hour and a half. Could have been, I don't know if Bible study wasn't two hours. I can't remember. It, it's slipping my mind right now, but I know it was at least an hour and a half. We cut it back to an hour. Why? Because folks will not sit on the phone, not even sit. They won't sit on the phone and listen. You ain't even got to participate. You ain't got to read no scripture. You ain't got to answer no questions. Just listen to the word of God under the anointing of God. What you saying? You anointed pastor? No, I don't, got, I don't have to worry about my anointing. I'm worrying about your anointing. If you Watch this. If you got an anointing to receive... I know I've got an anointing to talk. <laughs> it's just a talk. It ain't no special anointing. It's not anything in particular. Is your ears anointed to hear? Is your heart anointed to be open and soft enough that the word of God can sink into it like a seed into good soil? Are you anointed? You listen for some particular cadence. You're listening for a particular vocabulary. I'm listen, I'm listening for a particular voice. Good God Almighty. What voice is that? It's the voice of the Holy Spirit. You hearing one thing, I'm hearing something else. Why? Because that's the anointing of God. It's the Spirit of God. What do you call an anointing? It's the presence of God. And are you, listen, have you rubbed up against him enough? Have you been around him enough to recognize my sheep? Good God Almighty. They hear my voice. They know me. They're connected to me in such a way that they talk like my son. What did he say? That you, good God Almighty, help me, God. You and I are one. I can't separate myself from him. I know you hear it. I know you hear it. The scripture, the Holy Spirit should have just hit you. What can separate us from the love of God? Heights, depths, pains, sorrows, ups, downs, trials, tribulations. Good times, bad, what can separate us? And then you got to understand, this is what we go through as we go through the challenges of life. This brings us closer, knowing nothing can separate me from him. Give me this day what I need. That's what, when you say it, give us this day our daily bread. You're just saying words. But when you say it and you know it, everything we need, provide for it. Provide for us today. He gave us this powerful lesson in, in, in Exodus chapter 16, where it says that Moses told the children of Israel, listen, we ain't got no food out here. We, we moving. We're on the move going to the promised land. So we ain't got time to sit, set up shop, till the ground. But God going to give us, he going to feed us from on high. And giving us a representation of how God is going to provide for his believers throughout 
eternity, until Christ returns. Every day, watch this, every day you're going to go out and you're going to gather. God's going to provide for you. I don't know if you know it or not, but that's what's happening now. Listen, you can be fooled if you want to and think that that job is providing it. You can think that your unemployment is providing it. You can think that your, uh, what is it called, your investments and things of that nature is providing. That stuff can be gone. Bernie Madoff showed us that, again, you can invest and invest, and then somebody can made off with your uh, investments. Somebody can made off with your retirement. And that you don't lose your mind when things like that happen. Why? Because God is my provider. And the way he provided that, he's going to provide something else. Give me this day my daily bread. He rained down bread from heaven. So you got to know God will provide. God will provide. He shows us time after time after time. And at this day and age, with the knowledge that we have of God, with the breakdown of the Hebrew and the Greek, with the with the understanding that we have, with the way the Spirit is moving, let me tell you something. This ought to be the most powerful generation of believers that ever lived on the earth because of what we know. It's not what you know, it's what you understand. And all you're getting, get understanding. If you get understanding, guess what? You're going to activate what you know. When you know it, it's one thing. When you understand it, you activate it. That's uh, chapter 16, verse number 4. And verse number 5, it says, and it shall come to pass. I'm looking in Exodus chapter 16. It says, and it shall come to pass that on the sixth day they shall prepare that which they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. Every now and then I like to drop it in on you that you got to remember you need that Sabbath day. And God says, I'll make a way. You got to fight for your Sabbath day. You got to fight for the day of rest. You got to fight for the day of focusing in on God. You got to fight, oh, oh, thank you, Holy Ghost, on on the reflection day. What is Sabbath day about? It's about reflection. It's about sitting back and understanding that God is my provider. That you don't have to worry about as they got into down there in verse 19 and, 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 and uh, 20. That folks started leaving some for tomorrow in 19 and 20 of Exodus 16. They started leaving some for tomorrow. And then God has to show you something that, that you know something. Be disobedient if you want to. That stuff that you have in that pot is going to be rotten and stinking. Sometimes you try to make provisions for your tomorrow instead of giving it all over into the hand of God. He says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, don't, listen, so don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. That's what you got to understand as a believer. You cannot, listen, get out of tomorrow. Get out of yesterday. Thank God for the present, and that's what it is. It's a present. It's a gift. Thank God for what you got right now. Thank God. Listen, do it. In, out. Thank God for right now. Tomorrow's not promised. There's a plane crashing somewhere right now. There's somebody taking their last breath right now. There's somebody getting a diagnosis right now. The negative diagnosis right now, and you don't. There's somebody with in excruciating pain right now. There's somebody trying to find their way in a smoke-filled room to get out of that room, to get out of the house right now. And none of that do you have. You thank God. Let me tell you, the joy that floods my soul. The joy that floods my soul, how God's providing for me, right? And you worrying about, listen, you killing yourself over yesterday. You destroying your tomorrow with your thoughts of yesterday. Letting it bleed over into your future. Not controlling how you think when God says that we ought to bring every thought into captivity. Good God Almighty. Proverbs 30 and 8 in the New Living Translation, it says, first, help me never to lie. Second, give me neither poverty or riches. Give me just enough to satisfy my needs. Give me just enough. So I'm not, listen, don't give me, listen, Father, please, don't let me lie. But secondly, don't give me poverty or riches. 
Why? Because I know me. And if I'm in a poverty situation, then guess what? I'm going to be in a stealing situation. I'm going to be in a lying and conniving situation. Please, Father, give me this day what I need. Don't give me too much because if I get too much, you know how we do. You forget about God. He gave you too much. He blessed you too much. I'll never forget. I was gifted a car. And there were so many days. I'm not worrying about God looking down at me and saying you didn't appreciate I drove around in the car. The car never had air conditioning. And I drove around with the car. Well, I made jokes about it with the kids. The kids would get in the car, and, and it's hot, burning up hot, 80, 90 degrees. We riding around. Everybody got their windows up. We had our windows down. I'm making jokes at it. I say, kids, y'all want me to go get some air conditioning? And they knew when I said go get some air conditioning, I wasn't talking about getting a car, no air conditioning. There was something wrong with the car where the air conditioning wouldn't work. And and when I said, do you want to go get some air conditioning, I would take them to 7-Eleven and get them a big gulp. <laughs> Good God Almighty. Get them a big gulp. And we would ride in the hot, and we had them big gulps, and that was our air conditioning. I tell you one thing, they learned something. When they get older and they had those cars with the AC, they put frost on your nose. Icicles hanging from your nose. When they get those big fancy cars, that when they ride, the, the wind blowing and their eyelashes flickering. They got to turn the vent away from their eyes because it's dry the eyeball out. That's how powerful the air. When they get it, then they can look back in their life and say, I remember when we would go get air conditioning. See, you got to understand what God, the journey that God is taking you on. He's taking you on a journey, and as he journeys with you, he's teaching you. As he's journeying with you, he's talking to you. As he's journeying with you, he's revealing himself to you. So you learn to respect what Jesus said. And he said, if you're going to pray, disciples say, teach us how to pray. If you're going to pray, say, Father. Take care of me today. I ain't worried about tomorrow. I'm not worrying about yesterday. God, can you take care of me today? Watch this. This is what the Bible says. Second Peter chapter one. Second Peter chapter one. I'm going I'm going to conclude when we get back and we're going to get back into Matthew six in a little bit uh, in the latter part of it. But here it says Second uh, Peter chapter Second Peter chapter one verses two and three. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you. And and this is again one of those things that I do when I'm reading and studying the Bible. Verse three is where we're supposed to be. But when I read uh, uh, verse two, I said I gotta share that. I gotta share. It. Watch this. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. See, I didn't want to get into the according to the divine power that have been given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. See, all these things have been given to us. I didn't want to get into that until we understand that the grace and peace be multiplied unto us through the knowledge. You got to start knowing what you're dealing with, knowing what you're talking about. You're not just saying things just out of rote. You're not saying things because somebody else said it. You're not saying things because that's the answer to the question. What was that? Oh, that's that. Lord have mercy. That you're saying it because you understand the power of what you're saying. You're saying it because you understand what I'm saying is going to come to pass. What I'm saying, I'm not using it arbitrarily to beef myself up. I'm not trying to do something to to uh, consume it in my own, watch this, in my own selfish desires. I'm not saying it for that. I'm not getting this house. I'm not getting this house to show off. I'm not getting this house or getting this money to to flaunt in front, in front of other people. I'm not doing it so I can aggrandize myself. you got to understand what you're asking for, why you're asking for it, and if I get denied, it's all right with me. Why? Because greater is he. Not just greater he that's in me, that's he that's in the world. Greater is he. I don't know if you can get to the point where you can just leave it right there. That's God. God is greater than me. His wisdom is much higher than mine. He understands my tomorrow, the thing that I don't have to worry about. 
He understands why I went through what I went through on yesterday. He understands that that's gone away and there's nothing I can do about it. It's nothing I can change. So I got to, listen, I got to deal with my today. Give us this day. See, this is a great understanding. Our daily bread. When it comes to the provision, listen, you want to pile all this other stuff, but watch this. What you got to understand is when you get this knowledge of Jesus Christ, and when you understand Jesus, this is why I had to bring this up. When you understand Jesus Christ and you understand he says, I don't do nothing unless the Father says do it. I ain't laying hands on nobody unless even my mama asked me uh, uh, about some wine at a wedding one time, and Jesus will tell you, hold on a second, my time has not yet come. I listen to daddy. And if daddy don't say do it, I ain't doing nothing. And daddy released him to be able to turn the water into wine. And that's why the water got turned to wine. That's why he went among uh, sick folks and everybody didn't get healed. Why? Because daddy didn't tell him to. If daddy said go back to a place where he had almost been killed, where they were threatening his life, and he said go back, he went back. He don't care what the disciples said. Why are we going back there? Don't you know we got ran out of there? Don't you know you had to duck into the crowd when we went there and you barely slipped away with your life? I don't care what you say. If God says go back, I know that he's going to provide for me this day what I need. Now watch this. Verse number three says, according as his divine power has given unto us, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, according as his divine power has given unto us all, I hope you underline it, all things that pertaineth unto what? Life and what? Godliness. Through what? The knowledge of him that have called us to glory and virtue. It slipped up under the radar. You didn't read it before. You may already have it highlighted, but you better understand. He has. He hath given unto. I hope you read it in another translation. It's already done. Given unto us all things pertaining unto life and godliness. Now, what's got to happen is you got to activate it in your life. Can I spend the last few minutes as we look down? through, uh, look at verse number uh, uh, 19, Matthew chapter 6. Listen to what it says. Lay up not for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth co- corrupt, where thieves break through, break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust, rust doth corrupt, where thieves do not break through nor steal, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So you've got to understand, God's got you. Don't worry. There's another scripture that says, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about what you're going to put on. Here we go. There it is, right down there. You can't, I, I, I don't go there, Trace. Okay. 25, it says, therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your what? No, no, no. You feel that you got to pray. You feel that you got to dictate to the Lord about your health and about your sickness. Listen, my, my sickness and my health, I don't think about it. I activate the word of God. He says it is his will that I prosper and I be in good health as my soul prospers. If God says sickness, then guess what? I deal with the sickness. Because in my thoughts are always, I'm health, this is his will. I'm health, and I prosper as my soul prosper. But it's in his will. It's in, in the provisions that he has made for me in Deuteronomy 28. I'm blessed going out, blessed coming in. I don't see nothing about sickness. Now, if God allows it to come into my life, then you got to understand there's some kind of connection that's lost. If I'm supposed to get sick, then guess what? Unless this sickness is unto death or unless this sickness is teaching me a lesson, that's the only way it's going to come in. Even the sickness that I deal with in my body, the pains and the pressure, God, what are you teaching me? This is between me and him. This is between you and him. What are you teaching me? Because I know. With confidence, this is not supposed to be in my body. The only way that sickness can interfere, 
Ha, good God Almighty. Intervene into my, I'm talking healthy, healthy life. Is it the God I serve says, guess what? Got to teach you something. Got to show you something. I'm going to allow it. He does not bring sickness on you. You better understand the word. When the enemy came in and and wreaked havoc in the life of Job, let me tell you something. He said, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not putting my hand. He said, stretch forth. This is the enemy. Stretch forth your hand now. Uh Uh-uh, I'm not stretching nothing. You don't command me. I command you. Now, what I will do is I'll move my hand of protection away from him and allow you to have your way with him. But I'm going to tell you, at the end of this, he's going to prove you a liar. And at the end of this, I'm going to reward him. See, what you deal with God in secret, what you know about God in secret, he's going to reward you openly. How you know that, Pastor? It's in the word. The answer's in the word. So your confidence is that God's got me, that I'm healthy, I'm wealthy, I'm strong, I'm blessed going in, blessed going out. I'm blessed with the fruit of my labor. I'm blessed with the fruit of my body. That means my children are blessed. And that's what, listen, that's what you release, and that's what you release all the time. Well, again, your child is going through something right now, or your marriage is going through something right now. Your physical body is going through something right now. Well, it's going to go through it. It's going to have to go through it. But I'm going to tell you one thing. It's not going to deter. It's not going to distract. It's not going to change my way of thinking. I'm blessed. And my blessing thought is not about my tomorrow. My blessing thought is not about my yesterday. It's about my today. This is what this particular text brings us into the knowledge that you've got to stay in the right now. And in the right now, you've got to navigate. You cannot be tossed to and fro by everything that comes up, every little thought that comes to your mind. You've got to bring those thoughts into captivity. You've got to understand the Bible says, Take no thought for your tomorrow. Take no thought for your life. For what you shall eat, good God Almighty, or what you shall drink, not yet for your body, what ye shall put on, it is not, is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment. Behold, the fowl of the air. I hope you hear him. I hope this does not slip under the radar, but that you bang this thing tonight and that you really get it into your spirit, name, into your spirit man. Behold, the fowl of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into bonds. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Come on, it ain't over. Are ye not much better than they? What in the world are you doing worrying about tomorrow? What are you doing to yourself? What are you saying to your God by worrying? When God says in you is the capability of creating your tomorrow today, By trusting me that I am your father, that I'm sitting high watching over you, that I am the awesome provider, Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides. I don't know if you called him that. I don't know if you call him that. I don't know if you activate that in your spirit, man, every day. Day, when you wake up, it's Jehovah Jireh. God, I thank you for the oatmeal. I thank you for the chicken wings. I thank you, God, for the oodles of noodles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you go through that season where the oodles are new. I don't know what you want to call the manna from heaven, but it wasn't the it wasn't the, the, the quail. It wasn't the meat. It wasn't the lynx. It wasn't the, the uh, what was the other thing, the cucumbers that they had. It wasn't what they had in Egypt, but you better understand the promised land was way much more than what they had in Egypt, and God was taking them somewhere, but they couldn't make it through their, oh, my God, they couldn't make it through their manna days is the is 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 you arguing with god are you sitting there complaining about your manna days and it's messing up your promised land days 
where God says this season that you're in is about you learning me and knowing that I will provide and that you are supposed to be obedient and walking in obedience? Are you letting that mess you up for your promised land days? Hold on. Drop down to the bottom. Nope. Consider the lilies of the field. They grow. They don't toil not. Neither do they spin. Verse number 29. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more? I don't know. No, it ain't, it ain't sinking in. And in the name of Jesus, it will. In the name of Jesus, it will. You say, Pastor, are you praying a pray, prayer outside of the will of God? No, this is what God will for those who have been called according to his purpose. That you will open up your spirit, man, and that you will know that God, everything you need. If I'm taking care of birds and I'm taking care of flowers, I hope you read it. It says, shall he not much more? He said to David, wouldn't I have given you such and such things in Ephesians? Doesn't it say exceeding abundantly? Then what do I need to ask for? When the God that I serve already said, I got you. This is what the text says. I don't worry about nothing. Don't worry about nothing. Your closet will have exactly what you need. Well, he said he got... 13 suits, and all I got is seven. Your closet will have exactly what you need. Well, he said he got 20 pairs of shoes, and all I got is 10. I got half of what he got. You will have exactly what you need. He said he eat filet mignon, and all I'm eating is a T-bone. You will have exactly what you need. I'm not looking at what somebody else has and asking for what they have. I'm not looking at what somebody else put as their goals and making that my goals. I'm saying, Father, I love you so much. Thank you for being my father. Thank you for being an awesome provider. Have your way in my life. Have your way in my life. My life belongs to you. God, I love you. Lord, I just thank you. God, as I look back over my life, if there's any area that I've never thanked you, I just forgot about it. God, and when it comes to my remembering yesterday, let me remember that I might say thank you. I thank you for my valleys. I thank you for my mountaintops. I thank you for my weary days. And I thank you for my joyous days. God, I thank you. Lord, you've been good to me. You've been good to my family. You've been good to your people. God, you have provided for us. Despite our ignorance, despite our stiff neck, despite our worrying and complaining, you have been good. Lord, we love you. Lord, we thank you. Give us this day our daily bread. Just for today, provide for us. Lord, we thank you. As I conclude, when we look at God, he provides for the earth. He provides for the animals. He provides, listen, sunshine on the just and the unjust. Rain on the just and and the unjust, all the poor and the needy, he provides. He provides their practical needs. He protect, watch, he protects us when we say give us this day. It's whole, it, it encompasses every, give us this day. When, when we say our daily bread, when this term is used in the Bible, let me tell you something. It's not used unless it's breaking down this particular text. This way of saying our daily bread is not used anywhere else. It encompasses all of our needs. 
Give me this day my daily bread. God, we just thank you. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for allowing it to sink deep into our souls. Thank you for opening our understanding and causing your will to be our will. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thanks to God. God willing, I'll talk to you next week on the 15th.